Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Are you ready for the news with a side of bell pepper? Seriously, what the f*** are you doing? It's time for Trend Lightly. No, God, please, no, no! With America's sweetheart. With America's sweetheart. Oh, my God! The Queen of Glendale. Glendale. The Irish American Tornado, Surprise, Molly McAleer. Molly McAleer. Welcome back to Trend Lightly. I'm Molly McAleer, and today we're bringing you a special episode. I teased it the other day. I have one of my favorite TikTokers, Shannon from Fluently Forward with me, and we're going to be talking all about blind items and all sorts of stuff that she does on her podcast fluently forward every week. Do you come out weekly, Shannon? We do come out weekly. And sometimes if I get like really excited by her views, I'll do two episodes a week because I'm a words of affirmation girl. So that's how I like show my love. Mm-hmm. I like to reward people as well, for sure. Yeah. I, I love about like, okay, so if you told me a 15 minute podcast would be a thing for me, I would be surprised because I'm a long form girl. I yeah. can't shut up. Well, you know what? The the most recent episode I did was actually two hours. And I think it is crazy how like I am so used to TikTok that if I have to watch a three-minute TikTok video, I like can't stand it. I'll like scroll past. But for some reason, I can listen to a three-hour podcast episode. It really breaks like the time and space continuum. I don't know how podcasts got to be so popular in 2021. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think people also used to drive more. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's been no commute recently, but for some reason the podcast industry like keeps moving and I think that you're doing a really smart thing especially with the short episodes because your audience is coming from TikTok and a lot of people do have that attention span problem. Yeah, I mean, you throw a stone and everybody has ADD now, so you know, mm-hmm. you have to tailor to the community and I say that as someone who is trying to get an Adderall prescription. So it's just the day and age we live in. Oh, girl, you can get your prescription. Yeah, I think they have – I actually get ads on TikTok now where they will be like, here's how you can get an Adderall prescription. It's all <laughs> done or something. I'm like, wow, the algorithm, it does do wonders. It really does. So, Shannon, I don't really know anything about you. Like, Tell me about you. Tell me how you got into blinds. But first, tell me about you. Well, you are so sweet to ask. I'm, you know, I'm just a 28-year-old girl living in New York City. I actually got into blinds, I think, like right out of college. So I was probably 22. And I feel like everyone can relate to this. You have a job that you hate. And let's say you finish all of your work in four hours. You still have to spend four hours in the office. And you're like, this is killing my soul. I have to be in front of a computer. And I don't have any work to do. How am I going to entertain myself? And that was how I found the website crazydaysandnights.net. And it was filled with all of these 
blind items about celebrities. And I've always been into celebrity gossip and, you know, reading Perez Hilton as a kid and laughing at all the dicks that he would draw on celebrities' faces. (laughs) But this kind of fed my itch that I also have of like conspiracy theories because all of these blind items were like, rumors about celebrities where you kind of have to decode what they're saying to figure it out and the general public doesn't know about it. So it was just like this great Venn diagram of riddles and conspiracy theories mixed with salacious celebrity gossip. And I just, I fell in love with it. Same, same, very similar situation as to how I found NT too. Yeah. What was, what was your story? Yeah. I started out in gossip. So I got a job at Defamer, you know, like one or two jobs that I first landed in LA, like eventually like those places shut down because it's all small Mm -hmm. internet company type stuff. And I wound up at Defamer, which is like the LA, it used to be like the Hollywood, insider Hollywood, like, like friend blog to Gawker. Okay. So my job was to like pull video and to just like be very aware of the space and empty just started posting blinds and we would publish blinds sometimes. I was like the videographer slash like I watched probably 18 hours worth of TV a day trying to find clips that would go viral. Uh, Like that Rosie O'Donnell, Elizabeth Hasselbeck split screen. I was watching that live and I was like, oh yeah, this is a thing. And I like, you know, like you just had to learn the same way that anyone does now with like anticipating viral videos or whatever. So yes, of course, like, you know, I'm so interested in like the legality of blind items more famously than Enti. I think back in the day when this all really started, there was some writers that would post them in the New York Post and stuff. But Ted Casablancas from E! Are you familiar with his work? No, but I, I love the name. So he was the one who would come up with some of these like crazy nicknames for them. So Brittany Murphy was allegedly Jordash Junkie. And if you've seen the Lifetime original movie about Brittany Murphy, you know how detrimental Jordash Junkie was to her career. Yeah, well, I mean, she she died at an early age because of drugs, right? No, I, I think it was like a combination of like like health issues and just a weakened heart. Oh, okay. She was the, she, am I thinking of the one who was an Uptown Girl? Yeah, and Clueless. Okay. And yeah, she's, she's the best. Brittany Murphy's like one of the best actresses, I think that like, honestly take gone too soon. Yeah. But yeah. So then also Toothy Tile was like his big mystery forever. And a lot of people just like all too well <laughs> seem to think that it's about Jake Gyllenhaal. I do remember that nickname because Toothy Tile. I, what was that even from? I mean, it was a little bit before my era, but Toothy Tile. Literally, is it about no. The smile? No one knows. Like, that's how random they all were. Is that <laughs> you were like, what is this? Like, it was like Britney was like Miss Bubblebutt or something. Like, they would have all these different like nicknames where it's like, I don't know what that combination of words means or like. You know what I would hope? I would hope that like he ran into Jake Gyllenhaal in like the men's bathroom one night and he was drunk and he was like, oh, look at that tile on the floor. And like they said one sentence and then he made his like that his nickname. So that way Jake Gyllenhaal knows, but nobody else does. That would really be a head fuck. I would do that if I was him. Yes. I like I can imagine him going. I like this tile. 
Yeah. And it just breaking Ted Casablanca's brain. But yeah, so we don't know what happened to Ted. He sort of like dried up. I do think that it became like a lot of legal stuff. And Ted actually did say, he's like, he would do eliminations. He would never really like out someone unless maybe they got arrested or the news broke in the mainstream, similar to the mm. way Enti does it now. But he would do and it ain'ts. So it would be like, and it ain't like Ben Affleck, Brad Pitt, or yeah, okay, I have seen those stars. blind items. Yeah, they'll be like blah blah blah. This Disney star, and it ain't Miley Cyrus. So then, like, you're able to kind of, oh my god, it's like a, it's like a salacious version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where you get down to only fifty percent <laughs> of the answers. That's exactly what it is, Shannon. Exactly. But I I think like the one that it's like blind items exposed maybe is the one that copies that now. And it ain't. I don't know. Ted just disappeared. And I think it might have been because of some of the legal issues. I think that's also where the famous blind item about the sheet, the hole in the sheet. That's where that was born as well. Are you familiar with that? Fucking someone with a hole through the sheet is what I'm thinking. (laughs) Like, that's pretty much, yeah, that's exactly it. So there was a blind item that it, a lot of people thought it was about Bradley Cooper, where some guy was hit up somehow on a website. I don't even know how we did it back then. But like, this guy was called in basically to have sex with someone. But the rules were that when he got there, he couldn't, or like, no, wait, he knew, he knew who the celebrity was. I think that was it. And they started chatting online maybe and they decided to hook up. But when he came over, there was just a sheet hanging with like a hole in the middle of it. And everything they did had to be behind the sheet. Oh, I wonder what type of fetish that would come haha, come underneath because I've heard of ones where like you will actually like have someone come over to your house and you will be on all fours naked and they will come over, have sex with you and leave and the whole – fetish is that you don't know who it is you don't know who fucked you and like you're never gonna know but when I whenever I hear of blind items like that with celebrities and they're like it was somebody online or it was a fan I just think to myself how dumb are these celebrities like aren't there a bunch of prostitutes on retainer that you could just like have at your beck and call so that way none of this stuff gets out like I just find it very confusing when I hear stories. I mean, celebrities, you know, they are hashtag just like us, but I always find it confusing that they would risk their reputation by doing something so scandalous with like a normal person rather than a professional who would sign a contract and keep it under wraps. Well, for sure. And like, truthfully, back then it was more likely that they found each other on like rentboy.com or something, you know, like it wouldn't have been, I think it was like a I'm a celebrity, so you can't say anything sort of thing. And I think part of the thing about blind items. Wait, is that- have you heard of that thing with Bill Murray, how he'll always like do things and then be like, oh, my God, no one's ever going to believe you. How he'll like slam your ice cream cone on the ground and then look at you and be like, no one's ever going to believe this. Because if yeah. you told someone, you know, Bill Murray, imagine he fucks you through a hole in the sheet and then he's like, no one's going to believe you because it's Bill Murray. I'd be like, I'm still going to the cops. It doesn't matter that you're Bill Murray. Right. Yeah. That I. That's so in- – yes, that's so interesting about him and I always want to forget it, so I do. But what a quirk, yeah. right? That's like the really only – one of the small powers you have as a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I – I was going to say that one of the things that I really love about blind items and I think draws so much interest to them is that we all know 
that we're given like a very specific package of who this celebrity is. They pre-plan the stories. We're going to hear about their lives. Like everything is controlled. And that's just not human nature. People are messier than what we see. And we know, you know, we're always scolded. Like these are their private lives. But Mm -hmm. I feel, I agree. When I watched the Wendy Williams Lifetime original movie, nothing blew my mind more just like in terms of understanding her than when she said, the people deserve to know, like regarding like salt from salt and Peppa getting her ass done or something like completely no one's business really. But like the idea of the people deserve to know something about that really hit home with me in a way where I'm like, she's wrong, but she's also not wrong. Like, yeah, and Wendy Williams, to quote her, she is the moment. I mean, I'm obsessed with watching compilations of Wendy Williams And I also think like there's that – it's just like a meme or a quote that floats around the internet when people are like, getting older is realizing that cheese is really expensive and that everyone does cocaine. And I remember like in high school, I'm like, you know, the most drama is like somebody gives a blowjob and then you go to college and people are like having threesomes and then you get older and you realize like, yeah, everyone's on cocaine. Some girls are sugar babies, things like that. And you're like, okay – if these are just people in my circle who are kind of trading like sex for money and doing drugs, we're really going to think that people in Hollywood who have like 10 times the amount of power, wealth and status are just, oh, just, you know, just smoking some weed this evening. It's like, no, no, no. Like the more power, wealth and status you have in your life, the more scandals and just kind of crazy situations you're put into. And that's how you have, you know, someone like Jeffrey Epstein who has a secret island where he's trafficking children to the elite. Like it sounds crazy to us, but when I was in high school, the idea of someone doing cocaine sounded crazy. You know, it's just like you climb up the ladder and I feel like so many people are like, that celebrity would never do it because I wouldn't do something like that. And it's like, yeah, exactly. They're they're not like you. And a lot of these blinds, like they have come true. And I think that's what also keeps people holding on to it is the fact that, yeah, some of them are outlandish, but some of them are also kind of predictive of the future. And that's like a really enticing thing to be involved in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And imagine having so much access, but also being so confined in some ways. Like I, I just, the secret tunnels that I know exist is like outside of Taylor Swift's house alone. Yeah. Oh my God. If you could, if you died tomorrow and you get to the pearly gates, what would be the one like celebrity relationship you ask God about? For me, it's Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss far and away the number one spot. Yeah, probably as well. Yeah, same. Yeah. And I and I want to know everything. Like I want to know about their trip to Big Sur. I want to know about the quote-unquote friendship breaking up. I want to know how often Carly Kloss's bedroom was used in Taylor Swift's house and how often she slept with her in the king bed. Like I want to know every <laughs> single detail about that damn relationship. It actually makes me excited to like die and maybe one day find out the answers. I don't know what happens after you to die. I'm just hoping it's like, you know, an all-knowing God who's ready to like spill the tea. Shannon, should we like brace ours or should we brace the audience? Like, do we need to do a preemptive like, hey, if this is something you're going to be sensitive to, like maybe don't listen. Do we need to do that or are, are we talking to the adults? Oh, oh, God. I don't know. I think what I would say is 
and I've I've kind of gotten everything throughout my time doing this of like that's not true or like it's dangerous to spread this. I would just say I do consider these blinds and the rumors around it first and foremost like entertainment and secondly like do not take anything that I or we say as face value. Like when in doubt research it just because I say I think Taylor Swift is gay doesn't mean that like it's true. So I would just say, you know, view everything as alleged and for entertainment purposes. For absolutely, for sure. And and always with any blind item in general, part of yeah. the part of the game is like being a critical reader, like being a little bit skeptical while also realizing that there's probably in most of these blind items a small grain of truth. Yes. And also too, I think like not getting super I don't know, moral. But I mean, of course, there are inherently good and bad things to do. But sometimes I'll talk about blind items on TikTok of a celebrity and I'll be like, yeah, and you know, he cheated on his girlfriend and people will be like, we need to cancel him because he cheated on his girlfriend. And I'm more of the mindset of we're all flawed humans. Like everyone does good and bad things. And I'm not here to cancel anyone. I'm just here to find out what the hell's going on so I can watch like a creep. I know that's the worst part about the internet is that anyone can be on it. And sometimes (laughs) when I'm looking for a certain discourse, I get so frustrated when there's like, you know, people in the mix who get mad because they don't want to picture their mom and dad cheating on each other. Like, you know what I mean? Yes, (laughs) They can't process the information because of what it means to them personally. And listen, I was like a real freakazoid. Like when I was like 25, I I had no idea. Like over the last year, I think I like finally understand the concept of poly. So let's take that. Let's walk that back a decade. Like I was a little bit Pollyanna, right? But Mm -hmm. I knew that things happened. I feel like sometimes people just – guys, this is an elevated dialogue, okay? And we're going to (laughs) kick it off with Taylor Swift and then we'll get into, you know, some – we have some brothers that I love. You guys know I love. And the other person that I think is probably going to run for president and possibly win – um, okay. Just, I feel like this episode is going to be like Hollywood's angel and then like the internet's devil children. <laughs> and that's a great way to put it. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So th- you pulled some great ones for us. Thank you for doing this. Yes. Recent Taylor Swift blinds. So should mm-hmm. we start with the first one or do you have one yeah. that's your fave? I'm thinking maybe we can try to group them kind of like by person that they're associated with because we have some blinds of Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss. That's like one grouping. We, and then we have like Taylor Swift and John Mayer as another grouping. And then we have Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. Oh, and Taylor Swift and Lord. That's been coming up recently. Okay. Okay. I Oh, I know there's probably some good Lord drama, but yeah. – what okay, if we start with John Mayer, do you think we'll be able to have to explain the least later on? Or if we start with Carly, are we gonna have to explain everything? You know what let's I mean? Start, let's start with John, because I feel like John's like a little a good little appetizer. Yeah, people love people love shitting on John Mayer. It's iconic. Okay, so did you see what did you think of that message he sent a fan, by the way? Yeah, the the fan who was like, I hope you kill yourself. And he was like, hi, just checking in there. Do you actually think I should die? And they were like, oh, my God, I don't. I'm so sorry. I don't know. I think if I just want to state up top, I've DM'd celebrities before, but that's like me drunk being like, you know, hi, I want to come visit you or Timothy <laughs> Chalamet. I think you're so cute. Like I would never DM a celebrity or anyone that they should kill themselves. Like First and foremost, like, I don't care if you're doing that to John Mayer or anyone. That is unhinged behavior. And, like, I feel like we don't talk enough about how insane that is. Like, 
it's 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 just insane behavior. Who does that? Yeah, that's the definition of like, babe, this isn't a video game. You know, like yes. it's this is like you're this is an actual real person you're talking to. I just I don't know. I think I thought it was a little like manipulative. <laughs> oh, but it's John Mayer, so everything he does is manipulative. And then also the way he said it too. It I, I don't. It just felt like is it John Mayer speaking or is this a script from NPR? I was like, why do you sound so formal and like buttoned up and over the top to a fifteen year old who's telling you to kill yourself? It was just like very unequal footing in the way he's like, you can screenshot this if you want. It's like okay, obviously he knows that this is going to be you know, going around in the narrative now. For sure. You're so right. Oh my God. Well, the part about having a curious mind, I'm like, well, are you really curious? Like you don't act, I know you don't actually think that. (laughs) And why do you care if these teenagers want you to die? Like why definitely like, I think he's definitely nervous about Dear John being re-recorded for the Speak Now album. And he's trying to like get ahead of it in any way that he can. But do you think for real- that people are really angry at Jake Gyllenhaal right now? Here's the thing. I think that most people are just memeing, but I also think that, you know, 1% of the population is actually not mentally well and they are harassing and sending death threats to him and his sister. And I know that 1% seems like very small, but I even know it myself. Like I've had some videos that don't do well and people reach out to me. And even if it's 1% of the people who don't like the video, it's really weird to wake up with like 20 messages of people telling you that they hate you. Like it does kind of get to you. But that being said, I would have, I just assume that all of these celebrities, like none of them own their Instagram account. So they don't have to look at these DMs. You know, I would just assume they have a team doing it for them. Yeah. Well, Taylor and John are both people. They're exceptions for me where I look at two people like that and I'm like, that's exactly the kind of celebrity that does not hand over their Instagram. Oh, because they're very, very image brand controlled Um, and like obsessed. More. Yeah. I think they're more because it's like they don't, they want to be in charge of everything, but more so that they're just sort of like little internet freaks. Like (laughs) I really think Taylor really is just like kind of a little internet freak. Well, speaking of, you know, internet freak, can we talk about John Mayer's pretty rampant addiction to porn? I feel like he's talked about that a lot. And I don't know. It, it, he He's always said like, you know, oh, it was so easy. Like in my 20s, like everyone's throwing themselves at you. So like I'm really used to it and like nothing surprises me anymore. And then he's actually spoken because I was recent researching a couple years ago, the whole like no porn, anti-porn movement. Uh-huh. And John Mayer was like an advocate of it because he was basically saying like I got so much pussy when I was younger that then I started looking up weirder and weirder things on the internet because like you know, it's like a drug where like you need something crazier to get turned on because you've just had all of this thrown at you. So then he was saying that he was just looking up some really dark stuff and he had a crazy porn addiction. So then he had to stop cold turkey. And he was like, you know, once again, playing the victim, he's like, this all happened because so many people threw themselves at me in my 20s. So like, you know, I had to do this. I was like, "Ooh, John Mayer. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he is just so honest in a way that can be like, that's like honestly off-putting or, and, or kind of feels manipulative. Yeah. Oh my God. The radical honesty. It's like, I could see him as being one of those people who would be, who would say something horrific to you and then be like, well, I'm just being honest. And it's like, okay, but there's also a line where you have to have manners and respect and basic human decency. So like, I don't know, for the sake of making other people around you comfortable, sometimes you don't say certain things, even if they are true. And I feel like he just never learned that or willingly goes against it. 
I, I completely – well, I think it's like he views it as his like sort of enticing quality. Like I do the thing no one else does, but I'm smart. I'm also smart because I think if he was like a dumb person and doing yes. that exact same thing, he would be incredibly uncouth. And like like I would even say that like when Jennifer Lawrence rang the bell on Carly and Taylor, I, I feel like that's borderline. Like I was like, we're allowed to do that. You're not allowed yeah. to do that. Like, yes. <laughs> I feel like I know the rules well enough to know that like that was a big mistake. But yeah, so let's start with John Mayer because I don't want to – I could talk to you all day and we should get to these blinds. But Of course. The first one is to believe this A-plus singer is a predator, you have to believe her previous relationships were actually real. Taylor Swift and John Mayer. who People thought so Taylor was a predator? Yeah, there was a lot of discourse going around. And I talked about this on a, on a TikTok live I did where people were basically saying, so Taylor Swift was 22 when she was dating Connor Kennedy, who was 18. But some people say that, you know, they started dating a few weeks before his 18th birthday. So he would have actually been 17. And then there was a story where Taylor Swift had to sign him out of his high school to go on a date with him because like she as the adult had to sign him out of high school. And I don't know, I think when it comes to age gap relationships, it's so fuzzy. And for me, I think of it more as life stages than actual ages. And I think, sure, if Taylor Swift was 22 and Connor Kennedy was 18, you know, that is the difference between someone in high school and an adult. But that being said, he's a Kennedy. So right. like, he's not your regular 18-year-old. He's been exposed to power, money, and status for literally 18 years of his life. I, I don't think she's a predator, but I mean, the internet is so wild nowadays. Now that Taylor Swift is like talking about age gaps being dangerous, people are like, okay, bitch, we'll turn the tables and say that you are a predator to Connor Kennedy. Oh, well, totally. Okay. So I saw your video the other day about Taylor in the Kennedys and how mm -hmm. it was Ethel's daughters who like swooped in on her and she wound up buying a house on the compound, right? Which is allegedly what scared Connor away. Yeah, but you know, I also think that she was dating Diana Agron at the time. Uh, yeah, so, 100%. And that's like the hard thing that I think that's the danger of these PR relationships is that you'll be dating someone just for PR, but if people think it's real and you're too old, now you're a predator. Or if you happen to kiss someone because you're not actually in a relationship and the paparazzi catch it, they go, oh, now you're a cheater. When really, you know, you were neither of those things because you were just in a contract, a contractual relationship. But since everyone, you're trying to make everyone thinks it's real, you know, now you're going to get the shit that you would get for a real relationship. Okay. I got you. So like for me, I'm kind of thinking that like, this is the sister's fault a little bit, like the Kennedy cousins, Ethel's daughters. Like I kind of feel like they just wanted Taylor Swift to be their friend. Mm, well, yeah, they wanted to, they wanted in on the squad. Yeah. And it's not like they're like desperate to sell off homes. Like if she was being like kind of stalker behavior, they could easily say like, we're not going to sell you a home on our family compound. Yes. It almost seems like, frankly, it almost seemed like she probably, okay, this is really crazy shit, but like have the, have the Kennedys had any money problems? Because it felt very much like money laundering. <laughs> like I was getting like, this was the payoff for 
You know, like she's like, great, let's do this. Let's make this like more of a PR relationship type of thing. I'll be you girls as friends. Like, well, I would also think too, if, if, you know, if you're looking for someone to be in a PR relationship with you and let's say that, you know, each contract has their own rates and what's required of them, Taylor Swift has to be the number one eligible person to be in a PR relationship with. And then maybe Kim Kardashian is number two. Right. Well, because listen, if, if, you know, there's any truth to like, she's so notorious, right? Like everyone knows mm-hmm. what she's going to quote do to you. So I feel like some of these guys like are okay with it and don't push back on the narrative because like it keeps them relevant. Like this was like a little, a little gift, a little like, you know, 10 year bonus to Jake Gyllenhaal that he's well, getting yeah, this and sort you- of press. You see this ha- having a payoff later because, you know, with the Fearless re-records and Mr. Perfectly Fine, now Joe Jonas is like making TikToks like, ha, 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 you know, when as back when she did Forever and Always, Joe Jonas was like, you know, this country bitch is trying to ruin my reputation. And 10 years later, he's like, please, Taylor, give me some of any of the remaining clout I possibly could leech off of you. So I think it definitely dating Taylor Swift. I think you you come out net positive out of that relationship. Absolutely. Unless you're John Mayer, because I really do think that he was one of the, like, he's the only one who wasn't in on the bit. Mm -hmm. And I just, he still seems so like shaken up by it. Whereas everyone else is like very cool headed. Yes. And you know what? Honestly, if I die, I'm asking about Taylor and Carly first. And then Taylor and John Mayer is a pretty close second. Like there's also this clip on YouTube. If you type into YouTube, like John Mayer, Taylor Swift quote or something like that. It's eight minutes. Somebody put together a compilation video of all the nice quotes John Mayer says about Taylor Swift. And I was showing it to my boyfriend the other day because, you know, every guy I date, I'm like, I need to convert you into all this Taylor Swift knowledge. So I have someone to talk with it about. And you know, I was like, aren't these quotes so nice? And he's talking about how Taylor could have been a star in any era and how there's something completely ethereal about her. And, you know, she's the last person to know that she's Taylor Swift and she's so humble and blah, blah, blah. And my boyfriend pointed it out. He's like, yeah, he's saying all these nice things about Taylor Swift, but he's really just talking about his own opinion on her, of her. And like, that's what makes it important. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. He's not even complimenting Taylor Swift. He's saying, oh, she's special because I like her. She's special because I see her talent. And it's never just like the talent she holds on her own. Good call, boyfriend. That is so great. This is why you sometimes need like a really you know, mentally sound man to consult with things like this, because much like we have our things, like our little girl to girl dog whistles, like they have a different understanding that I, I need to ask about more. They do. And also like John, like I was completely falling for the manipulation. I'm like, he said this nice thing to her. Isn't it nice? And my boyfriend's like, no, it's manipulative. And I was like, oh wait, I just liked the compliment. Like I was buying into John Mayer's shit myself. Of course. Well, I think we all do from time to time. So this is the next one. I'm not sure the former A-list singer with his own questionable lyrics, this is from NT, by the way, with his own questionable lyrics and real life statements, really wants the A-plus lister revealing some of his secrets, which he really wants to keep private. So it was unusual that he took some shots at her this week. Yeah, that was when he went on. I think it might have been Andy Cohen's show, but he went on and he was saying like, oh, Taylor Swift's song, Lover, you know, why is she talking about leaving the Christmas tree lights up? You know, that's kind of a lame lyric. And then John Mayer came out with a song a couple months later that was like, don't make me cry. 
me no likey or something like that. Do you remember that song? Why you know why you know like me? Why you know like me? And everyone was like, how about you shut the fuck up about the Christmas tree lights? You just released a song called Why You Know Like Me. <laughs> he did the same exact thing with Ariana Grande. He's the he's just he's just a narcissistic little bitch, isn't he? He is. Well, it's just like also, why don't you make fun of one of your male contemporaries like that? Like, why are you picking apart the lyrics of like female lyricists, especially Ariana Grande? Like, I don't think she's trying to pull heavyweight. I feel like John Mayer is an incel who happened to like be kind of attractive and get rich and famous. But like, if you really peel back all the layers, you're just going to see a very bitter, bitter man underneath that. No shade to men, but shade to John Mayer. He was so sexy, though. Well, th- was he sexy? Or was- I don't know. I thought so. Here's the thing. If he was nice, <laughs> this sounds horrible, but if he was nice, he wouldn't have been as hot. Like the fact that he was a bad boy dick made him hot, I think. But if you just looked at him alone and you passed him on the street, I don't know if you would do a double take. You know, he's he's not like that Timothy Chalamet type of sculpted, right. you know, really, really mystical creature. Well, when Room for Squares came out, like I think he set a genre of hot. I was like mm. 17 at the time and he sort of set a standard for like the guy who listens to Dave Matthews band but is sensitive and he gets it and he like knows you and loves you for the woman that you are and like your complicated mess. Like he sort of really like embodied a whole new genre of dude in the way that sometimes dudes like that will pop up. Like I think Timothy Chalamet, who you just mentioned, is a really good example of sort of this like delicate elfin boy that like half of the world (laughs) wants to fuck. But yeah, okay. That was, yeah, that's weird. I always am surprised when her exes mention her conversationally. I'm like, what are you, stupid? Yeah, dude, exactly. (laughs) Like you are playing with fire right now. Absolute fire. Okay, here's this other one. Oh, wait, no, I think that's all the John Mayer ones. Yeah, but I mean, I'm hoping Speak Now comes out soon and then we just, I hope, because you know the minute Speak Now is re-recorded, John Mayer won't be able to shut up about it. He's going to say something and I'm just, I'm going to sit back with popcorn. Absolutely. So let's do this Harry Styles one because I wasn't, I wasn't into either one of them. I think like you would probably be more the age. For me, One Direction, I've said on this show before, if you told me that it was like a band from a movie only, I would be like, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds great. Like, I don't think I've ever heard their music. I, you know, never found them attractive. Harry Styles, obviously, he's gorgeous now, but who knew, you know, who knew that back then? So this one says, I know the foreign born former A plus list boy bander, Harry Styles, One Direction, knows better. He had a crash course in, in fake with the A plus. A-plus list singer, Taylor Swift. It feels like he's trying to sabotage the actress-director, Olivia Wilde, he's dating. He had his significant other with him when the Pat photos were taken. Harry Styles, One Direction, Taylor Swift, Olivia Wilde. Okay, so is are they saying that he's bearding for Olivia Wilde? Yeah, Harry and Olivia are absolutely PR. And honestly, my take, Harry and Taylor Swift were PR too as well. Oh, Yeah. And I think like I don't even think you could beard for Harry Styles because I view Harry Styles as just like a pansexual creature who's just, you know, he likes all genders and the gender he likes the most is attention. (laughs) So I think Harry Styles would date like anyone and anything. But the what's going on with Olivia Wilde, I think it's it's definite PR. And knowing what a prude sort of in some ways not sexually, but in every other way Taylor Swift is. Well, maybe she's a prude sexually. Who knows? 
oh my god like so much about this i really don't understand people who think that this was real first of all like they dated for so little secondly their paparazzi photos were just like i just i still remember the photos of them walking around central park when taylor swift was wearing that sweatshirt with like the fox on it and her vibe was just so different from harry's vibe like their stances were different everything about it I actually saw them in person the New Year's Eve when they were both performing in New York City. And like they were just it was so obvious that they were not together. But goddamn, did the PR work like they were the it couple of the two it, you know, music sensations at the time. And then Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde, like this movie is coming out, you know, so I just find it pretty obvious. Well, I mean, I don't know if you remember that famous moment on the VMAs when I guess Taylor and Harry had just broken up and Taylor's sitting with Selena. Yes. And I think Harry's giving a speech on stage and she turns to Selena and she's like, oh, shut up. It was actually shut the fuck up. She mouthed it. And everyone was like, Taylor Swift knows the F word and she used it on Harry. I know. So like I honestly, what I was about to say is that I feel like if she really was actually ever annoyed by him, which I don't believe she was, I am positive that was probably something more like he did cocaine at a party and it made her mad. Yeah, or like he's just attention thirsty and impossible to deal with. Or also there were different, you know, blinds at the time of like Harry, you know, going out and doing his own thing because to him, he's not actually dating someone and him having to, you know, constantly be fulfilling these contractual obligations of their PR relationship. And I see Taylor as someone who is very, very buttoned up. And when she does a PR relationship, it's done to a T very correctly. And I could see Harry just kind of like not taking it seriously and something like that, you know, making someone like Taylor Swift a bit on edge. And I think in like one of my many Kaler deep dives on YouTube, I've seen a clip of an interview where it seems like the interviewer is implying to Harry directly in an interview that Taylor is not interested in men. And there's this sort of like barely hidden giggle. And I feel like that's something she would really hang on to. I mean, Uh, I would love to see that video. Have we even heard from Calvin Harris since the beard tweets? Isn't I'm pretty sure that she fucking buried him. Somebody told me on TikTok that he's released music, but it's under a different name and he's trying out like a new genre. But he oh went my from God. I know he's like he's like in uh, Hollywood's witness protection program, oh still God. trying to make a living. But I mean, honestly, I feel like she has the potential to you know really just take someone's career out if she wanted to. And Calvin Harris. We forget about how big he was back then. I remember there was an article saying that Taylor Swift and Calvin Harris were the world's highest paid couple, more so than Jay-Z and Beyonce, because you forget how much a really well-to-do DJ makes. Like They're making millions and millions of dollars every year. And he was... I think like the number one DJ at the time. And now they rarely see that, that like success and that mainstream success of being validated with a Grammy. Yeah. Yep. Unless, unless you put a big old beard on. Right. Well, okay. So I actually remember Calvin Harris from like 2008. It took him forever to blow up. Mm -hmm. And so just the idea of him having to record (laughs) under a different name is like, holy shit. But you know, that was really a display that that was some major self-sabotage. Like he probably went to a center shortly after. I really am curious too about what happened because, you know, 
Taylor Swift famously has not really written a song about him except maybe allegedly references in Gorgeous, Getaway Car, and I Forgot That You Existed, but they're, they dated for so long. And, you know, she dated Jake Gyllenhaal for a couple months and there's, you know, basically half an album about him. So I feel like whatever he did to sour their, you know, relationship or contract at the end, it must have pissed her off in a very serious way. For sure. For sure. Do we get into... The Carly stuff now? Oh my God, yes. Okay, so basically what you need to know about some of these blinds is that I feel like Taylor and Carly are just unhinged exes who are constantly trying to get underneath each other's skin via like different relationships they have with other people who might be mutual friends or different things that they post on Instagram or we'll have to talk about this, music videos, things like that. So this blind says, speaking of the illiterate models, she thought it would be a wonderful idea to have multiple exes at the show. She still texts the foreign-born former boy bander quite frequently and had the close family friend slash manager pressure the award organization to include the former A-plus list singer who gets more creepy as he ages, like a puppet master, this model. So that's a blind basically saying that Carly Kloss was invited, making sure that Harry Styles, Scooter Braun, and John Mayer were all invited to an award show that Taylor Swift ended up not going to. It just seems like they have a very sour relationship now, and they both do things constantly to try to get underneath people's skin. I don't know if this is a blind on here that I included, but one of my favorite things is that Carly Kloss wrote underneath one of Brie Larson's Instagram. Brie Larson is someone where the blinds, you know, say that she allegedly is gay. And Carly Kloss commented on an Instagram photo of Brie, your kitchen or mine, mm-hmm. with like the smirk face. And, you know, that was what she originally tweeted to Taylor Swift to start off their relationship. But putting that publicly on there, like to people who were in the know, everyone was like, oh my God, she's openly flirting with Brie Larson using the line she used on Taylor Swift, like, how insulting. Wait, Shannon, can I tell you the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> okay. So are you familiar with the Tumblr blog that used to be known as Tay-Tay's Beard? Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Yes. Okay. Well, oh my God, is that you? No! Oh my God, no. <laughs> Holy, no, I, I don't, I would never, even if it was, I would never admit that. No, this is, this is like so much worse, especially for someone who is just a casual reader with a silly little hobby and someone who like has a verified check but tweets like she doesn't and like it's very – yeah, so it's unsavory. So I was on Twitter one night and I saw some sort of like discourse about Carly Kloss and Josh Kushner and I wrote something like, they're not even legally married. <laughs> And I shut my computer and I went to bed. Well, when I woke up in the morning, I had a DM waiting for me from someone being like, congratulations, you're famous in the Gaylor community. And I was like, what? And like two of these Taylor Taylor blogs or whatever had taken my tweet and it was like Molly McAleer. 
she's really in with a lot of Hollywood people. She worked on two broke girls and she knows Zoe Deschanel. So like I'm thinking like this is pretty valid. Like she's the type of person who would know stuff. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God. Like I like I want to like force quit life. Like absolutely. I want I just wanted to die because there were so many things about that whole thing that was like so mortifying. Like one, like I don't want to get, I just don't want that sort of attention period, even though as I do this podcast, but I just like, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, it's, I don't want to live like that. And so then I like, I made them, I don't know if it was a mistake, but I, it definitely didn't help anything. And I finally was like, oh, I get it. She's fucking crazy. I wrote a message to Tay-Tay's beard and I said, hi, this is Molly McAleer. I just wanted to let you know that I absolutely do not know anything like I am a podcaster. I hang out at my house. Like I, if I actually knew something, I wouldn't have tweeted that. I'm just a reader of your blog and, you know, I support the cause, but like, please take that post down. And she posted it and was like, this is just further proof because apparently oh like, you know, if I backpedal, like me backpedaling publicly was some sort of I don't know, admission. Yeah, they would be like, oh my God, Tree Payne reached out and like told her to, you know, make a statement saying it wasn't true. Right. Can I tell you something? I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that because I remember people being like, oh my God, Zoe Deschanel, new girl Taylor Swift's guest starred on an episode and, and now it all makes sense and stuff like that. That's fucking great. Like, I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. Like, I started a company with Zoe. Like we we don't brush each other's hair. We don't speak, you know, often. I'm I we could we text each other happy birthday usually because we're both January babies and I think we remember that about each other. But frank frankly, no. Like I have <laughs> Hello Giggles has been sold to Time Inc. for a really long time. So like I don't know information. And you like here's the other thing. Their whole idea works off the idea that everyone in Hollywood knows this and it's widely Mm -hmm. gossiped about. It's like the pedophilia rumors, right? Like Mm -hmm. everyone – like surely this C-list actor on a multi-cam sitcom is involved in like drinking baby's blood. (laughs) Because they all are. Everyone knows. So I don't know like why those wires got crossed. But if this is – like these things that we're speculating, if they are true – they're very well-kept secrets, and they're not something that people talk about. It's not something people will gossip about. It's like, you know, you're always like – if you, I think you were, if you were to talk about it like in real life, you would be like actively outing someone where I feel like if you're working off of blinds, you're just playing with storytelling and exploration. You know what I mean? I don't know. Exactly, exactly. And that's also something I get a lot of on TikTok too. People will be like, I can't believe you're speculating on who she's dating. This is outing someone and it's like horrible and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, people keep speculating about the man that Taylor Swift was singing about in Wildest Dreams and like who could have fucked her that night that was really tall. And it's like we're all speculating. And just because you're speculating about Taylor Swift dating a woman instead of a man doesn't mean that it's like bad and dangerous. You know, everybody speculates on celebrities' lives, and unless you actually know anything and then you tell people, oh, no, I know this for sure, and, like, I, you know, that's outing. But if you're reading a blind, I think it's fine. This brings me to, like, an interesting little sidebar. I want to talk about, like, the ethics of me being even interested in this subject (laughs) because I am a straight person. I mean, I think, right? Like, I think. And so, like – I don't know if it's appropriate for me to discuss 
this stuff. Like that's a big issue for me that I like struggle with internally because I find it so fascinating. And I think also as like a writer, I'm just like very addicted to the storyline. I have sort of like an obsessive personality, but like you're, you're a queer person. Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not outing you. You said it on your TikTok, but yeah, I just like, what are, what do you think? Like, is this like, is this kind of like creepy of me? No. Oh my God. Not at all. Also, like I thought I was a straight person until I met someone that made me realize I wasn't. And honestly, my story with like realizing that I was, I don't know, I guess, I guess bi would be the right word. It was honestly, to me, I saw so many similarities of what was going on with her and Carly Kloss. Cause for me, it was like, I had this best friend and like, even though I had had other boyfriends, like this best friend, I was like really jealous and possessive over. And like, I didn't want anyone else to be her best friend. And I'm not touchy with other girlfriends, but like, I'm really touchy with this one girlfriend. And we sleep over in the same bed every night. And then like, finally, one day you're like, okay, fuck, like I'm bi. And like, I'm actually into this woman. And my, that was my journey. So that was how I actually came to the whole Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss thing. I was just like, you know, Taylor Swift has been so awkward with every guy she's dated and it hasn't ever really seemed like she's into it, but she has this relationship with Carly Kloss and I can't help myself, but I'm like addicted to looking at photos of them because like they're holding hands and there's so much chemistry and they look so beautiful and the way they interact. Like I just, we were all collectively as a country, like obsessed with them. I mean, when else has Vogue put two you know, friends on the cover together and put them in a wedding photo shoot and like taking pictures of them because their friendship was so great. You know, like I feel like people are like, oh my God, no, like you're crazy if you're reading into it. And it's like, there's a video of them kissing. They're holding hands at every event they go to. They're sitting on each other's laps as they're being interviewed. Like at a certain point, like at what point is it queer baiting if she is straight? You know what I mean? So I don't think it's, I don't think it's anyone's fault at all. Like Here's the thing, like so many people assume bad intent on the internet and nobody is like, oh, I think Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss dated, but with malicious intent. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure we're all looking at it as like they're a beautiful friendship, a beautiful couple. It feels like there's something really special between them and then there's this mystery of how they stop being friends. And to me, that's also another huge feather in the cap because like Taylor Swift has had people that she was friends with and now she's not really as close to anymore. Just think of like all the other people from the squad. But the fact that her and Carly had such a falling out, like if they were just friends, they would have maybe only seen each other once every two years. But the fact that like they do not talk about each other, like to me, that's more of a breakup than a friendship just running its course. And you brought up such a good point that helped me understand even more like what's going on in this dynamic between them because it does feel like a lot of the Tay-Tay's beard stuff, <laughs> especially when it would come to like major commercial campaigns being based around hiding this, their secret romance, that stuff would always lose me. But it does feel like Carly cannot stop like aligning herself with this whole situation. And I know that in my personal breakups, like – if anyone's an antagonizer, it's me. Like I'm, a, I'm the one who's going to antagonize something. It's I've never had an ex take like a public shot at me, <laughs> but 
like these two seem to not be able to stop doing that. And I was wondering, like, do you have insight on that? Like, what is this dynamic where they're both just sort of like poking at each other and making references? It seems like well, a just, lot. Yeah. Like, first of all, Taylor is fitting the lesbian stereotypes. And I know that, you know, I'm I'm only halfway in the door, so I don't get to speak for the lesbian community. But I will say in the female relationships I've had, it's a stereotype for a reason. Lesbians date other women who look a lot like them. And when you think of Taylor Swift and Diana Agron, and they both had the same haircut at the time, and then you think of Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss, and everyone was calling them twins, and even Taylor Swift and freaking Joe Alwyn, like they look like they could be related. So that's like one of the stereotypes she fulfills. And the other is when I first dated, started dating women, I was really confused because every girl I would date had an ex who was still in her life. And it's just like... I feel like male-to-male relationships are very different than female-to-female relationships. And in every female relationship I've been in, you don't just forget about your ex. Like you either stay friends with them in some sort of weirdly toxic way or they will be on your mind for like the next year, like years and years and years. So I feel like Taylor's just not doing herself a favor by dating people who, well, I think, dating people who look like her and then also hanging on to the relationship for years after because I'm like, check, check. Those are like two feathers in the cap of this theory. It just adds such a level of depth to her music that I really want to believe is there because I don't think, I think she's anything but basic or simple, or like super Mm -hmm. cliched. I don't think she's any of those things. I mean, you can like pumpkin spice lattes and not be like quite literally a basic bitch. And it drives me nuts that for some reason her fans can't see like one, this makes her music so much better and you can still pretend it's about your little boyfriends. Two, like like, how is she a genius but only the stuff that we can see? And like only like Easter eggs, like there's something, there's so much more depth. This is a 31 year old woman. Like somebody said they're like, I feel like Taylor Swift has come out to those who are looking for it. And I do feel like that's true. And also another huge sign to me is like about 30% of Taylor Swift's catalog it's all about songs of like, this love is dangerous and delicate and nobody can see it. And I know places we can hide and, you know, we need to go away and be hidden and go to the lakes because I'm different and you're different and they're in black and white, but we're in screaming color and nobody can find out. And everyone's like, oh my God, yeah, it's because she doesn't want the paparazzi to know about her relationship. And I'm like, okay, then why isn't Ariana Grande singing about that? Why isn't, I don't know, why aren't any other artists having all of these songs about needing to protect and hide their love because the minute somebody sees it, their life would be over. But that's so many of Taylor Swift's songs. So like to me, it it just reads us very, very queer. Right. Well, so like in so many instances of paparazzi genuinely maybe being a subject of a song for another artist, it's always sort of a, a metaphor for like the man because it's like difficult to believe like it's difficult to believe that like Katy Perry would be like singing about like, you know, someone, someone oppressing her. The only thing a celebrity can really reference in terms of oppression is paparazzi. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like that's definitely one of the things where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Like for me, dress is one of my favorite songs. It's also probably like the gayest song she's ever written. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Or that performance of like, 
false god that she did on SNL a couple years ago. I was like, okay, Lesbo, like, LOL. <laughs> How good was that performance? Oh my, and anytime I see Taylor Swift in like a suit too, I actually like lose my mind. She looks so good. So do you want to hear my theory for the suit that she wore to the purple the one? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. So it's literally the man emoji. That that's the opposite of the red dress girl emoji. And I think her psycho ass, because if you if you look closely <laughs> at the gold buttons on her outfit, I couldn't quite make it out, but it looks like they're the same like crest that she's been using for all of her vault things. Uh-huh. And and she does do this thing. I heard this great theory once that like Taylor Swift as a public facing person is basically drag. Like, Ooh. all of her little sweet little, like, cupcake girl dresses and, like, all of her, like, you know, like, the really, like, badass bitch persona. Like, that was hard for her to pull off a little bit. But I do think that there's an element of drag to so much of what she does. Mm, you mean, like, the theatrics and the the meaning behind things and, like, the hiding riddles? And also just sort of, like, the over-the-top persona. Like, I think that blank space what what's going on in that song like I buy into the theory that London boy was sort of like a flippant song and Mm -hmm. I think that blank space like very much was playing with the idea of who she is I think a lot of her the way even she sort of like you know her music is obviously to you and I about one this type of thing, one sort, one like, you know, different shade of a relationship, right? But wow. she's so like, the way she paints herself is like a little costume. Every time she's out, every appearance she makes, it feels like she's wearing like a costume always, even more than when like Katy Perry had like whipped cream coming out of her tits. It, uh, well, here's a question for you. And it's something that I'm kind of undecided on. Her doing that, I can't make up my mind on if it's authentic or incredibly inauthentic. Because part of me is like, how cool that she's putting out these messages for us and blah, blah, blah. But then the other part of me is like, well, she spent like three months trying to think of how to code up a message to deliver it to us. So it's like Taylor Swift gives us so many Easter eggs, but does she ever really give us like a fully authentic sentence that hasn't been run by PR before? You know, I feel like it's this weird balance of like, she gives us a lot of her life after she packaged it up and thought about it for three months and then delivered it to us, which is, you know, it's giving part of you to your fans, but I feel like we're never going to see off the cuff Taylor. She's just kind of retired that part of herself. Listen, I've been saying it for years and I always get called crazy by these Swifties. You can't have a conversation with them. Oh, yeah. But I think that all of her talk show appearances are scripted. Like basically yes. line for line, like the most recent Jimmy Fallon show was, yeah. was really good evidence of this along with the Ellen one that she did because the Ellen one was like, okay, these are two people that like know their script and they're clearly going back and forth with like pre-written jokes. I am so glad you said that because I, you know, I was a huge Swifty growing up and I lived for her talk show appearances. I thought she was so smart. I loved listening to what she had to say. And then something switched where every time I would hear her on a talk show, I would just get this like internal cringe. And I was like, I just can't know. Like, I can't watch it. You know, like you watch someone like Emma Stone on a talk show and you're like, that's natural, easygoing. And I would watch Taylor Swift's interviews and just be like, it it makes me feel uncomfortable. And you completely nailed it. It feels 100% like a script. 
So did you notice on Jimmy Fallon when they were playing that like stupid game? He kept going, I'm sorry, I'm not an actor. I'm sorry, I'm not an actor. Okay, I'm not an actor. Like, and he kept saying that. And I was like, what does he mean he's not an actor? Oh, because he's not following his lines that he was given. Because if you watch the interview that they started with first, there was like, he fucked up like nine times. Like he was he was supposed to say like something about how that kissing shot in the field. But instead he started to talk about the continuous shot in the kitchen. And Taylor Taylor gave him this look. If you if you've had a mom, you know it. He <laughs> turned her face three quarters away from the camera, which she knows not to do. And she gave him sort of like, oh, like I'm gonna cut you off because you're fucking up type look. And then was like, oh, you mean the shot in the field? Yes, the shot in the field. And I'm like, you, you, I Jimmy Fallon, perfect. I mean, he's perfect for that because he's such like a. I mean, he seems so coked out too. Yeah, oh my god. But I'm living for you. I'm about to go rewatch this after. Yeah, you you're finish, gonna die. It I could a hundred percent see that happening. And also Jimmy Fallon is the go-to talk show host if you want to be lobbed with a bunch of softballs, you know? Like he's the opposite of Howard Stern. And you'll notice that when she I'll send you this now that I know you love, because like I see this all the time and I'm like, mm, yeah, that's where her script stopped. But like when she goes on shows, she's less I mean, she's never gonna go on hot ones, let's tell you that. Because like she <laughs> doesn't like ever answer questions that are like too the questions are always very simple. Yeah. Like, what was your inspiration for this? Like well, what do you what do you think of her reaction to when Jimmy Fallon showed the video of her getting LASIK? Well, I mean, obviously, like, none of those videos are ever, like, a surprise ever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's like, so insane to act like, oh, we somehow got a hold of family footage. Like, But can I tell you something? And even in – okay, so the LASIK video, I, I enjoyed it because I'm like, oh, I'm hearing a little bit of Taylor Swift that, like, I haven't heard of in years. And it's because, like, she's on drugs in her home just being her normal – like, Taylor Swift, and this is why I related to her growing up, she is a nerdy, dorky horse girl of a person. And, like, that, you know, kind of came across when she's on drugs and LASIK. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's who I grew up with. But you're not going to see that when she's being interviewed. Right. You don't. Yeah. You don't see that anymore. I'm yeah. I'm having a tough time, too, with how many people I talked about this on the episode that you listened to from this week where I, I was just like, why are all these people so desperate for her to announce a marriage? And why do they not understand how celebrities would roll something like that out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were so many theories going around for years that you know, her and Joe have been secretly married for years and she's going to announce it in a music video and just drop it on us. And I do have to say, I would be so embarrassed if I was her and I put out the Lover album and I wasn't proposed to immediately after. Like the fact that she's talked about, you know, alleged marriage with Joe Alwyn for so long and he's like not even going to any of her appearances, I would be so embarrassed. Yeah, I I, I, I do kind of buy that she would have to keep whatever relationship she was actively in secret. And I do think she's with Joe Alwyn. I don't think it's fake. Yeah, because that is just – also, I think it's real because he looks like Carly Claus. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll tell you, like, I called my best friend. Like, when I first saw a clip of Joe Alwyn, some movie he's going to be in, I literally called my friend and I said, okay, I think she's bi. Because I was like yeah. – the, the, I saw him in motion and I was like, yeah, he fucks. Like that guy fucks for sure. Yes. But can we say I think it's so egregious that he got 
a Grammy. And I th- that's actually one of the uh, lines on here, 281. But like, I, I, if I was a musician trying to get a Grammy, maybe being nominated, you know, working for years at my craft, I would be so fucking pissed that Taylor Swift's boyfriend now owns a Grammy because she said that he worked on a song. We've never seen him hold a guitar. Different interviews have, you know, said, he's said that he doesn't have a musical bone in his body years ago. Like we've never heard him sing. We've barely even heard him talk. And now he basically has a Grammy just because Taylor Swift decided to give it to him. I would be so upset. Here's my question. Why would he want one? Like, yeah, I don't like, what's the point of that? Like there's some things, you know, there's things in life that you're like, that's really nice, but I, I don't have a purpose for that. And I almost can't believe I'm passing this up, but I have no purpose for that. That's how I would feel. I would say that's, it seems ridiculous that I would get a Grammy. Please Maybe don't it's just like one. the way that actors and actresses will get like a producer credit on their resume just to say that they have it to like beef it up or something. I just really have no idea. Also, I feel like they aren't PR because Taylor Swift hasn't done any PR for Joe. Like if they are PR, like it's not like he started dating Taylor Swift and now he's like in every single movie that you see, you know, like I, I don't know what he would be getting out of the contract. Well, wait, here's an idea. Mm-hmm. So – I have a, you know, I have this theory. I think a lot of people have it now that Taylor Swift is going for the EGOT like big time. And what if Joe is too? Oh my God. And she just like crossed the one that he would never get off of his list. Well, how the hell is he going to get a Tony? Theater acting? I don't know. I think he started in theater. Like I feel like most of the actors in, on that side of the pond start in theater. Oh my God. I would actually like, I think, you know, I, I like Taylor. I like Joe. I think I would pick it if he got an EGOT. I would be like, <laughs> no, no, no. Like I need to see him strum at least four chords on a guitar. Cause like, cause why? Cause why? Like you should have to have, if you're going to have a Grammy, you should have at least like one live performance under your belt, even if it was at a bar in London. Cause like, yeah. I don't, th- I don't think he knows how to, I don't think he knows what a scale is. I don't think he knows what a B flat is. Absolutely. The idea of him just like, you know, fooling around on a piano and writing the album of the year just doesn't sit well. And that makes sense. So this one that you mentioned, I think the music world would love to know how they too can ring up people to award, uh, who award the Grammys and say, yeah, I promised my girlfriend slash boyfriend slash drug dealer slash friend from high school who I lost a bet to, they could be a Grammy winner. Add them to one of my songs as a producer and send an award over. Oh, and try to keep it quiet because we don't need to let the world in on the shadiness. At this point, the Grammys might as well be called the Golden Globes. No, wait. What is worse? Yeah, people's choice. Like, okay, here's another question. I know that she obviously has pull at the Grammys, Mm -hmm. but like Taylor Swift isn't an artist that's going to abandon the Grammys. So why would they... Like, even if they said, no, Taylor, we're not going to give your boyfriend a fake award. Like, she's not going to she's not going to stop caring about the Grammys. It's like always been one of the things she's cared most about. She is pretty notorious about caring about the Grammys. And I find it interesting, too, because honestly, I don't I do think that they both kind of need each other because let's not forget what happened when Taylor Swift said that she wasn't going to put her music on Spotify. You know, she basically got Spotify to bend to her will. I think that, you know, she is number one in the music industry. So I think, I think, I don't think, 
I don't think she would ever shy away from the Grammys, but she's been able to get Spotify to bend to her will. She's been able to taint uh, Scooter Braun's name. I just think that if she wanted to, she could really put a dent in the Grammys reputation. That's true. Over over not giving her boyfriend a fake Grammy. <laughs> yeah, which would be like – I just I still can't believe that happened. So I have to get to this one. Speaking of the actress in number 10, she was approached by the illiterate model who codes. The actress told the model, fuck off, because the actress is a fan of the arch enemy of the model. Amber Heard. <laughs> Amber Turd. And Carly Kloss and Taylor Swift. I mean – that's unbelievable to me. I do think Amber would tell her that. I just can't imagine that she's like the biggest Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Amber Heard is the biggest social climber in Hollywood. And I think that she knows that Taylor's ship is bigger than Carly. So she'd rather hold out for that. I mean, you got to hand it to Amber Heard. She went from Johnny Depp right to Elon Musk. I mean, there's never been a quicker pipe dream for a gold digger. It's just like way to go. Hats off. And there is the Cara Delevingne connection there, too. Yes, the threesome between her, Elon Musk, and Cara Delevingne. I, to be a fly on the wall for when that happened, like, I don't want to see all three of them having sex. I just want to know what they talked about before and after, because I don't think Elon Musk can hold a conversation with, like, one woman, let alone two. Like, after he did his monologue for SNL, I was like, the pillow talk with this guy would actually make me want to never have sex again. So I don't know how he was able to pull off a threesome. (laughs) <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I thought it was crazy when Azalea Banks said that she had sex with him and then they went into the backyard and killed animals together. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? I, I, <laughs> I think she had like posted something about how they like, yeah, she's like, yeah, we fucked. And like, it was like almost like kind of off tone for her. She was like, yeah, we fucked. And then we went into the backyard and like shot animals after. Like, I think that like. That's what, you know, much worse than eating babies. I think that like Elon just fucks and then (laughs) takes out a litter of sheep or something. I have no idea. Oh my God. I I had heard that they had fucked, but the whole killing animals after is, I think that might be my favorite thing I've heard in the past month. Oh, I'm so glad I was able to do that for you. Should we read some of the Lord stuff? Yes. Yeah. And this I find really interesting because I have never really known where Lord and Taylor Swift stand because, of course, there was kind of that drama about Lord at the beginning making some comments about Taylor Swift, kind of implying that she seemed like a mean girl. And then before you know it, Lord was kind of part of the squad. And then Lord had kind of come out saying like, you know, it felt weird to be a part of the squad, things like that. You said being friends with Taylor's like being friends with someone who has an autoimmune disease. Yes, which then was funny because she kind of got like canceled for saying that. But she was basically just saying like ba- she was basically saying as best as she could that she was sticking to her original statement. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. We were going to cover, by the way, Jake Paul and Logan Paul as well as Dave Portnoy, but I just – I needed to do this with you anyway. So like you yeah, would we'll have, have to, you know what? May, maybe I'll have you on a fluently forward episode and we can do like Tana Mojo. We can do a bunch of like internet celebrity. Oh, items. I, I really want to protect Tana. That's like my problem is I actually feel maternal toward her. I like Tana, but the blinds about her, I mean, you probably already know the blinds. Cause I feel like Tana would be the first one to reveal them 
about herself. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. But yeah, I would love to do that because just, you know, this is unbelievable. Oh yeah. Let me, let me explain the blind. So the blind says this one named foreign born flash in the pan, a plus lister turned B minus lister says that a female singer higher on the list bullied her and ended up ruining her career in the flash of the pan. So basically saying Lord got big so quick. And the reason why she's been slipping down is because Taylor Swift had a hand in bringing her career down. Well, do we think that that maybe also has something to do with like the Jack Antonoff love triangle? With Lena yeah, they, I mean, they definitely hooked up, right? Because Lena was like, Taylor was the guest of honor at Lena's wedding. Uh-huh. And so obviously the two of them are still close. And she's close with Jack. So, you know, there's only one person in that triangle she isn't close with. See, that's what I feel so bad about and what's so fucked up about it because it is sort of like a Jake Gyllenhaal, Taylor Swift sort of thing and that there is like a big age gap. Like, Well, have you also heard the rumors that Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift are having a falling out? Yeah, I saw that, but I don't think that's the case. I hope it's not because I really want them to go on tour together. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't think that they were ever like that close. It was something that like they – you know, Taylor was nice to her, sent her a ring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like probably the kind of thing she does with everybody, to be honest. Yeah. And the press picked up on that because at, at you know, when Olivia was first launching, that was another way to get a bunch of people on board with her. And then I think that she just got, didn't she get bullied a lot? I think so. But I, I think people are saying that, you know, Olivia right now is in an age gap relationship and Taylor Swift's current whole thing is, you know, age gap relationships are dangerous. I also, I'd love to know your take on this. I, you know, I've never victim blame. I always kind of take the side of whoever's younger in an age gap relationship. But I do find it interesting that Taylor Swift at 19 dated John Mayer, wrote a whole song about don't you think 19's too young. Then at 20 dates Jake Gyllenhaal and does another song about, you know, all your lovers are staying the same young age. And I'm sure that Taylor Swift was the, you know, the victim in both of those relationships. But I do have to say if you're in one relationship and you go, this is toxic because of the age gap, and then six months later you get into another relationship with an age gap, part of me is just kind of like, I don't know if you can write the same song about both of them. Right. Well, okay, here's here's what I think is like, I think that Taylor and – I don't think Taylor and John had sex, if I'm being honest. I think like probably it was more like like social Oral. intimacy. Yeah, they they did blow jobs, <laughs> but also like it was just like so you're so funny. But also just like sort of like social intimacy. Like he really like brought her around and like really sort of like attached his star to hers in a lot of ways. Yeah, what I see for them is like moments in hotel rooms where like the brush of a finger is like more chemistry than like someone actually penetrating you. You know what I mean? I see a lot of built up tension for them. I could see him saying, I'm not going to fuck you. I could see Mm -hmm. him saying that to her. And I feel like that's being messed with. Is it? I'm just going to say, like, is it bad that I'm getting turned on? Like, no. by John Mayer being like, I'm not going to fuck you. And you being like, wait, but now I want you to. Well, like, no, it's not wrong. But I do think, like, in, in this sense, it might have been, like, that thing where it's, like, you don't want to, like, those scummy guys that, like, don't want to have sex with the virgin. But, like, mm. he was doing it under maybe the guise of being noble, but, like, was still very much engaging with her in, like, a flirty way that, like, kept her on the hook. And he yes, more, like, it's like, 
It's like when your guy friend is like, oh, no, like I don't like you like that. But then they're still going to like cuddle with you when you watch a movie and you're like, okay, wait, what? And like with John Mayer, I feel like he has a stench that like enters the room before he's even in it. Like in terms of just like, oh, wow, like this guy has a powerful fucking presence. Like every girl in this room absolutely wants to fuck him. Mm -hmm. And that's what like that's literally like what his life is like. Like I can't stress to people enough that everyone wants to fuck John Mayer when they're around him. We've seen how Andy Cohen is with him. I was just going to say Andy Cohen. Yes, yes, yes. So – I kind of feel like with Jake, maybe she hadn't really identified the age gap as the problem with John as much as like, you're just like, you you were a bad guy and you really fucked with me. And then I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal comes across as like the antidote to that, like where he seems very like sweet and private. And we always at that time, like knew of him as like a relationship guy and like mm. just sort of like a really like kind of neat dude that was really good at acting. And so I feel yes. like he has a total, total different vibe. And that's where things changed. They were taught like, by the way, you and I had a same thought about with like literally like, why are you talking about her literal fucking hymen? But we everybody can't... is. Yeah. Everyone's like her virginity was taken by this man or this man. And then I even heard people being like, oh, three months in the grave. That means that she had an abortion. And I'm like, OK, That's but insane. I'm the bad one for saying that her and Carly Kloss kissed at a concert. Like, you know, that's oh, that's crazy. Actually, I here's another little thing. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that was going around on like Tay-Tay's beard after I couldn't <laughs> after I couldn't read it anymore because I was so like scarred for life by what she did to me <laughs> by what I did to myself honestly I was too embarrassed to return but I am in like some group chats I don't want to talk about it and everyone like got really upset one day and I was like what's going on and like no one would talk about it and then like someone privately messaged me and was like there's rumors spreading around on Twitter that Joe has erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Shut the fuck. And they're like, people are really ups- upset because of like, I don't know why. I don't know why. But like, literally, like, we're at a point where you're accusing Joe Alwyn of not being able to get an erection before before admitting that maybe she's into chicks. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I have to ask, was it like a lyric in the song that made people think that or was it something else? I Probably a lyric or something. <laughs> I think it was probably around the time folklore. I kept calling it folklore the other day. Yeah. So the erectile dysfunction one's pretty great. The logical leaps are are totally cuckoo for me. They talked about it literally on The View today, though. They, Is erectile dysfunction? No, they talked oh. about the virginity theory on The Fucking View. And I'm telling you, I'm like, they are in on this. Jake and Taylor have to be in on this to some level. Because well, I was convinced that in the music video, him watching her through the window, it was going to turn around and be Jake Gyllenhaal and they were going to break the internet because he would have been in the movie. I'm convinced she must have talked to him before this happened, knowing what a shitstorm it was going to be. Uh, for sure. For sure. And she's also been like, you know, much more. She was very clear at the premiere that she doesn't think of it about being a certain guy. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just thinking like, God, this is The View, one of the most like curated shows on television and has a, like, you know, they're an ABC show, which is a Disney company 
and Good Morning America is on ABC, right? She has a very solid relationship with this network, and they're mm-hmm. on on a 10 a.m. show with Whoopi Goldberg talking about her <laughs> fucking virginity. Like, absolutely insane. And so I feel like when I see conversations like that happening publicly on big networks like that, like it would be so easy for the producer to say, like, you know, we don't need to get the Swifties today. We don't need to talk about the scarf drama. I just feel like people play, I don't know, when it comes to Taylor Swift, she has such a protective fan base. And I feel like people play whack-a-mole with like, what's okay to talk about with her, you know? Because it'll be like, Taylor Swift has so many boyfriends. And then they'll be like, that's misogynistic, whack-a-mole. And then they'll be like, Taylor Swift is calculated. And then they'll be like, that's sexist. So like, whack-a-mole, you can't talk about that. And then they'll be like, Taylor Swift dated Carly Kloss. And they're like, that's harmful to sexuality, whack-a-mole. And then like, a new thing pops up. And a new thing that's invasive is always going to pop up. Because like, why can't we just embrace the fact that we're creepy humans who want to know about celebrities? Like, that urge is never going to go away. I don't care if it's a quote-unquote bad urge. But like, even the cave people were gossiping. You know what I mean? So I feel like each way that we kind of pry into Taylor Swift's life, eventually you slap a label on it for why it's bad. But then a new area of her life pops up because like we're always going to want to talk about her. Yeah. I mean, well, for me, it's just like further proof that they must be in on this together because I feel like ABC would say, hey, like a good way to burn our relationship with Taylor Swift would be to talk about her virginity on the morning talk show. Yeah. And right now this topic is like fine to talk about. And also, let's be honest, Taylor Swift will say if she's upset about something. I mean, when the Ginny and Georgia joke about her came up, she basically lit that show on fire with the tweet about how she didn't like it. And that's because she's so sensitive about her dating career. So if Taylor Swift doesn't want someone talking about something, she makes it pretty fucking well known to the public that she does not want you talking about this. That really fucking bummed me out. When Same. She I was disappointed that. in that. Because she just didn't need to do it. And out of all the shows on television to go for, for doing it, like this sort of like mild mannered Netflix kind of teen show is not the vibe. I also didn't even think it was that bad. It was lazy writing, but you don't need to call everyone out, Taylor. It was one line. It was one line. It was one line. Like yeah. Ryan Murphy did so much worse with Scream Queens and she never said anything about that. Mm-hmm. But Shannon, I could talk to you literally all day. <laughs> and this was so much fun. And I can't wait to talk more with you. Yes, we'll have to set up a time for uh, internet lines. Please. And Fluently Forward is a great podcast. There's some quick episodes, some long episodes. I listened to the entire podcast in one day, like <laughs> a couple weeks ago. And now I'm looking forward to this longer content to catch up with. But it's a great, easy listen. Shannon, I just, I'm so thankful for you and I'm so thankful that you came on the pod. Please keep creating your amazing content and let's be in touch about her, this, her little lying ass and her interviews. Of course. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for giving me a bunch of YouTube rabbit holes that I have to dive down. And thanks for having me. Like you're so well-spoken and you know so much about this. It's just a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. It's been a very long time since someone said that to me. So I really appreciate (laughs) it. You guys for Trend Lightly, I'm Molly McAleer and... This was so fun. Bye.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.